Yo, Billy, you know what's awesome? What's that, man? John Hughes Films. Yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's let's start with with a bit of a disclaimer in that if we were to talk about all the John Hughes films that we think are awesome, we'd have it was literally have to be like a four or five episode uh, series. So um, because some of these movies can be a whole show, and then some of these movies have sequels that John Hughes also worked on. So right, um, it, it could be days. So we're we're gonna focus on a couple. And probably talk about a few others, but um, it wasn't until I sat down a little while ago and just looked at the timeline of John Hughes's career. Yeah. And I don't think that guy ever did ever slept. Yeah. Like there's no there's no way because some some directors, writers, producers do one role, maybe as a director, maybe as a writer. And, and they put out one movie every couple of years. And John Hughes was doing three. Yeah. And these were all big movies. Mm. Like like studio greenlit, big budget, high you know, high paid actors and just rolling. Yeah. And he was doing three, sometimes four movies a year. And uh for for like ten or twelve years, easy. Yeah. And uh it Basically, whenever you think of the 80s nostalgia that, that we really kind of have when it comes to movies and music, it a lot of it was created directly by him because he was writing them, too. Absolutely. Uh, he, well, so. you, We talked about how Carpenter in the last episode had his pulse on everything that was going on. Man, John Hughes was nailing the teenage life in the 80s because, you know, you can run the gambit with all of them and you can just cherry pick all the stuff that is 100% iconic. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about different ones on different shows, but just think about the imagery that we have because of Breakfast Club, right? Mm -hmm. The iconic poster, right? That we've seen ripped off and used for horror movies that we love. Um, oh, yeah. The scene of Judd Nelson walking out the end, holding his hand up with, with you know, Simple Minds playing. I mean, these are iconic 80s scenes. And that's just one movie. I mean, you can mm-hmm. <laughs> you can name off every one of them, and there's visual things that just automatically pop up in your head. And I think in passing, we were talking about, you know, the idea of doing a show like this, and you and I both unanimously just said what our favorite ones were, and they were exactly the same ones. <laughs> yeah, it, it, totally. Well, two, um, and before we, you know, announce what we're talking about, but, like, a lot of times because they were so iconic, but John Hughes is really well known for, for two movies, which is our, our 16 candles yep. and pretty in pink, which um, he was, he was very much enamored with Molly Ringwald and she was in the breakfast club. And, yep. and, you know, so you got those two that are kind of almost, I don't want to say they're like girly movies. Cause they're still teenage, you know, teenage movies. Right. Um, it's just the, the main protagonist is a girl, but um so sometimes you, you kind of get lost in that in that weird 80s thing, like you mentioned, like the, oh, this is how kids dressed in the 80s. But in reality, no, we, we wore whatever mom bought at Kmart. That's where we wore. Exactly. Like nobody, nobody's walking around as mods. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, this, but when this, it comes to John Hughes. Disclaimer real quick, though. 16 Candles is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, big time, big time, big time. <laughs> so it was pretty in pink. Yeah, it's great too. I, I mean, I and and that psycho, psychedelic furs song is just isn't she? Is that perfect? <laughs> oh man, I w- I've always loved that. That the voice is just so killer, you know. <laughs> like he's just he's it's. Uh, but um, we were like, hey, let's do John Hughes, and I was like, that that umbrella is a little big. Yeah, you want to maybe narrow it, it down a little bit. Yeah, and uh, like, okay, what are your what are your favorites? And uh, the first of the favorites was Weird Science. Oh yeah, and um, like you say, when it comes to iconic. Yeah. films of of the 80s weird science is it's it's certainly in the top 10 if not in the f- top five and we're talking alongside movies like ghostbusters um you know of, of yeah. just absolutely quintessential 80s movies that you yep. have to see because it this defines the decade in entertainment you know yep. um it's 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 just it's just awesome there's so many me- memorable scenes um, and it's such a such a crazy movie. But that night after we got off the phone, I went and watched it again, you know, just front to back, just to refresh. And uh, I found myself just cracking. I was laughing the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, so, it's, it's so good. Um, there's so many scenes in that film that just make no sense that are unexpected, which I think is kind of a theme that we're kind of coming up on with a lot of the movies we're watching. It's just like... Did you realize that this movie had a straight narrative from beginning to end, but somehow, some way in the middle, they decided to drop a Polaris missile right in the middle of the house? Not, like, not to mention a <laughs> not to mention a motorcycle gang from the Road Warriors, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. I, I I think that you know I, I always use the example of RoboCop. Like if somebody asked me what the '80s is, I almost have to just hand them a copy of RoboCop, right? But really. There's there's three movies and it's the two that we're talking about here today, because I think Weird Science is the '80s in a nutshell, right? It was the the age of starting to use computers, the the wonderment of being a, a young teen boy in the '80s, being a nerd. Hey, let's face mm-hmm. it, most of us were nerds, you know. And come on, I mean Kelly LeBrock, I mean come on, you have to stand up and salute. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, which I think is funny because the the pictures that they're pulling out of the magazines and feeding into the computer, yeah, they're pictures of Kelly LeBrock, yeah, which makes you make, makes you know that Kelly LeBrock actually exists in that universe. Yeah, and Lisa's just a doppelganger, right? Because <laughs> Kelly LeBrock was a famous model, absolutely, and they're pulling pictures of her out of the magazines yeah. and probably like the real pictures of like whatever she was promoting, hey. like Revlon or something. Well, like. <laughs> she did the commercial. Remember, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. She's doing the the, oh, yeah. the shampoo and all that stuff. My dad, day, my so. dad used to love that commercial. Well, of course he, just, he did. Like, he, <laughs> he just no. Well, I mean, he, he just. Probably not just because she was hot, but just because like like got on my mom's nerves. But she'd say, "Don't hate me because I'm beautiful," and he'd be like, "Oh, no, Kelly, no one could hate you, not even for that." Oh yeah, but that drove her insane. It's funny because I remember my mom one time talking about she went and seen uh, Ten when it came out, you know, Bo Derek, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw a commercial for it. And this is when I'm still a kid, and uh, I said, uh, "Well, I- I've never seen that movie." Mom said, "I saw it in the theater." She said. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> certain movies. You're in, you're there with a whole bunch of strangers. You know, like, <laughs> uh, just the fact of you know 
it's Bo Derek on the screen, you know, in slow mo, and yeah, that's a uh, that can put a damper on things in your real life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, weird science. I mean, come on, with uh, with Chet, you know, brother Chet, mm-hmm. Bill Paxton. Say, you know, just just the, the 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 opening scene of the uh, Oingo Boingo song. Yeah, just coming in and. You know, and and the it's kind of like in in Smokey and the Bandit, the the lyrics pretty much tell you what's going to happen. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like you know, it's my creation. Is it real? You know that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, you know, it just sets the tone for this. You know, because Boingo Boingo is weird. You know, oh, yeah. they're, they're a weird band. Um, and it sets the tone for this weird movie. That's yep. you know, that's it's not any less great because it's weird. But like you say, you know, it's like the the, the the time when computers could do anything. Yeah. Back before they actually could do everything, yeah. they couldn't really do much of anything at all. Right. But the possibilities, um, you know, you had that 80s, 80s mentality of, man, you can do... I mean, they broke into the military computer system to do this, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was the thing. It was like, they're just... And, and that's... That was another thing. It was like with hackers. Yeah. You know, it's like nerds and hackers and people can, can just do things with computers that other, that normal people can't do um, because they're just hanging around bored being yeah. bored nerds. Yeah. And and Gary's like, we should create a woman. And it's like, it's not the fact that it's not possible. It's just the fact that it's it. we're going to get in trouble if we do this. Right. Like, like it, it, there's there's just. Definitely, like they set out, they had, they had a plan. They knew what they could do to make it work, and they were to, to kind of put, you know, they were have, with the bras on their heads and stuff. Like, <laughs> there, there's a ceremony to this whole thing. Yeah, but um, hilarious. I love, I love how uh, Iron Man, yeah, Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah, is is cast as Robert Downey in in yeah. in this movie. Yeah, and he plays a bad guy. Yeah, he does. Which, you know, he's not really a bad guy. He's just the the, the preppy, right. popular kid. And, but and his he's, bu- he's, he's a bad guy. His buddy, <laughs> his buddy was also in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Right, mm-hmm. he was also in Vamp. So you know, he's one of those guys. You said, "Oh man, that's a dude from Weird Science." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and those two together, they work great, man. They're great. I can't say that I didn't yeah. model a few things in my life after those guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so crazy because that was one thing that was that that in a lot of John Hughes movies was that you you have to wonder or know or whatever that that Hughes himself had to have been a nerd. Yeah. And because I remember I remember when I was a kid, you know, junior high. And, you know, the popular kids, the football players, you know, it's like they seemed old to me. We were the same age or maybe they were like a year older, but they, you know, they, they had a gleam in their eye. They had a, just a kind of a swagger about them or they seemed just light years ahead of the rest of us. And then yeah. we're all over here in our little with our trapper keepers and stuff. And like, like what sets those kids apart? What makes them that much and, and so you see that in a lot of John Hughes is like yep. the popular kids being played by a 27 year old, whereas the teenagers are actually being played by real teenagers because yeah. uh, um, the uh, they 16 and 17 yeah. in weird science. Yeah. So um, that's the 
that's the age of these kids. And <laughs> yeah, Kelly Rock was twenty five. Whew. So that must have been a fun, fun movie to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and just the fact of, I mean, there, there's so many scenes. And like you said, it's just, you're going to laugh. I mean, the scene mm-hmm. where, you know, <laughs> they go back to his house and he meets the parents and she's talking about him tossing off in the bathroom to yeah. magazines. Mom, like, no! I never toss off! <laughs> I'm never tossing He's like moving his head. I never toss <laughs> yeah, off you know, because she's saying that, no, we're going to have a party, and he's going, and there's not a thing you're going to do about it. I mean, there's just so much. The grandparents being frozen and putting in the closet. I mean, just. It's... Well, it's like there's nothing more important important to a teenage boy than his grandparents. Like, of course, that's exactly what these kids are thinking <laughs> of. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know, man. It just, it, it, it's it's that perfect sense of how crazy the, the 80s throw caution to the wind kind of mindset was, man, that this movie really reflects that. And, you know, it was about trying to be popular, being hip. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if, if you get one girl that's out of most girls league to even look at and you, the other girls want... then yeah, that, that, that was the, the goal, right? Why do you think these, these nerds, you even see it now where they'll ask, a famous model or Taylor Swift or somebody to go with them to prom and they do. Mm-hmm. It's life changing. Right? Yeah, and that yeah, absolutely. And it puts it puts that whole popularity thing into perspective. Yeah. Because there's that's... there's a period in every guy's life that that's kind of the that thing that you want to accomplish, right? You want the girls to take a second glance in you at you, you know? And uh Mm-hmm. For people like me, it just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy because I'm reading. I read the uh, that Iron Maiden. Yeah. Um, Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson, not Iron, not Iron Maiden, but Bruce Dickinson uh, autobiography, which was which was good because he's just you know no nonsense, total business. But um, one of the, one of the things that I liked about the book was also one of the things I didn't like was that there was not a whole lot of personality and decadence and discussion about, you know, relationships within the band and stuff. Yeah. So of course then I just went the whole other direction. And so now I'm reading the dirt by Motley Crue. And, uh, <laughs> man, you talk about the other direction, <laughs> completely the other direction. But it's funny because if you if you know like you're reading everybody and like Nikki Six, he's just like it's like I I approach life, it's a war, and <laughs> Mick Mars is just like I just strive for musical perfection, and Tommy Lee's like Neal I'm just like, partying, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's Vince Neal's just kind of like like he well you know he's like he's like he's just a pretty boy yeah. and he could just get away with it. And then you got Tommy Lee and he's just like, I'm just in it for the chicks, dude. Like that period. Like, <laughs> like he's just a big, and, and like, there was even a critical in, in the book. There's like actually a, one of, one of their first, uh, critical, uh, reviews. And it's like, like the drummer just looks like an overexcited kid. <laughs> like he's, he's just back there. Just like, yeah. he's like, he's really good. He's really good at playing, but, but he just doesn't look like he belongs with this band of like angry mis- misfits, and he's just back there banging along. <laughs> it's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he just wanted the chicks, man. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be in Motley Crue. Hey, <laughs> many a nerd ended up being in metal bands. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Guess what? That's still where you don't get the chicks. <laughs> right. 
Well, they did. Well, yeah, they did. LA yeah. in early, LA in the early '80s was a whole different monster. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. <laughs> but let's get back. Let's get back to weird science. So they broke in. The the sky turns red, <laughs> like destroy destroys everything, and then out comes Kelly Riddle Brock. She's going to teach them how to be cool. Yeah. And so the first thing she does is take them to a blues bar. Yeah. Where where like the next youngest person in there is like fifty. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a black blues bar, so whenever they walk in, the the record literally scratches. <laughs> yeah. <They're> like, <laughs> <laughs> And yet they end up making friends with everybody yeah. and sitting there and t- telling the wild stories about how... That girl broke my heart in two! <laughs> broke my heart in two. <laughs> kick, kick me in the, in the nuts. <laughs> oh, in the family jewels! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then later the same guys are, are the bar- the one dude's the bartender at the party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> When uh, when old Robert Downey Jr. says, you know, give me a scotch, and he says, says uh, on the rocks, and he's like, why don't you just give me the bottle? He's like, how about I take this bottle and shove it up your ass? He's like, on the rocks. On the rocks good. it is. Fantastic, <laughs> 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 man. Kid, kids used to bossing people around, starting to figure out how sometimes that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and it's all for just trying to get close to these other two regular high school girls, you know? Who, who you know, even though their boyfriends are, like, they're even like, why do we hang out with these guys? They're right. such jerks. Yeah. And, you know, like, that's 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 a real thing, you know, kind of trapped in that cult of personality there that, you know, if you're not dating the popular guy, then you're going to not be yeah. invited to all the... All the social events and stuff. Even if you don't really like them, you know, you you feel like this is where you're supposed to be because it's that status thing, and you know, and that's that's the reason you still see people. I'm not just saying ladies, but guys too. But they date or end up with people that treat them like crap mm-hmm. because that's all they really know. You know, it, the girls always talk about wanting a bad guy till you're married to one for a while and you find out he's a bad guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, that appeal of, you know, trying to, I don't know, tame the lion, I guess would be the, the phrase to use, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah uh, you're you're just asking for it. So, yeah. Yeah, because what's there, there's no incentive for the guy to change because he's got the hot girlfriend and yeah. everybody lets him do what he wants to do. Yep. So, <laughs> he's just kind of like, what? Yeah, I'm just doing what I do, bro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it, it, this movie, like I said, just it, it, it nails that mentality as well as he nails 16 Candles, Breakfast Club with, you know, the, the difference in those people. I was telling my wife the other day because they're, they're showing Breakfast Club again in the theaters around here. I said, you know, I said, when you think about that movie, it is still so relevant today because you still have the jock. You still got, you know, the, the, the gothic kid. You've got the nerd. You've got the prissy little teen girl that's got, you know, comes from a wealthy family. I said, that's still the makeup of what you have now. So mm-hmm. that's the reason the movie still does what it does. And you're an anarchist, you know, the Judd Nelson yeah. character. So yeah, I mean it's you still have that makeup. That's still where we're at. Well, and I think I think society is built of that. It's just at a certain point you have to go to work and work. Yeah. yeah. You know, you 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 can't 
pick on the the funny looking dude at work because he may be your boss. Um, right. <laughs> he'll go to HR and get get you fired. Like there there's there's a certain um, hierarchy in real life that and and school itself is kind of a fake. It's a it's a fake social structure. Yeah, it is in, in and of itself. Yeah. Um, you know, people haven't been going to in-person school for very long. And if you even look at the way that school is structured, even now, and it's kind of funny because this is not in any way to go go political, but it's one of those things that I was listening to a political podcast one time that was talking about, like, like the, the way that schools and, like, basically what, what it was talking about is that higher education right now is facing a collapse, right, because of the, the student loan bubble. Yeah. And the problem is that the four-year education isn't preparing people no. to come out of it prepared for nope. a real job. Absolutely not. Um, and, and so then they have to go to secondary. They have to go to graduate school. Well, high school was supposed to prepare most people for the real world, right. but it doesn't. So yep. you go into college, and so it's this kind of cascading failure. And he's like, but you look at the way that school is designed. The Our, our sit-down, face-forward, and be-quiet model was designed in, in Prussia, not Germany, Prussia, yeah. in the late 1800s as a way to create obedient fac- factory workers and soldiers. Yep. So it wasn't designed for the society that we live in now, so it needs to be restructured in order to to continue, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that whole come over come come in sit down be quiet and these are your peers because they happen to be the same age as you is a relatively new concept yeah <laughs> and and so of course there's only so many striations and so many characters that are going to yeah to appear in that yeah. in that because every year you grow a little older and then you're gone and it's the people coming behind you filling those same roles well it's all so, it's all that identifying of who it is you want to be you know you become those characters because of something that influenced you or something that pushed you that direction right mm -hmm. you're a little gothy right because you grew up with the cure and stuff and it's that brooding nobody understands me thing right which is what totally that's that's totally what the the real metal scene was back in the day too same scenario just wore lighter clothes <laughs> but it's that you know well, you you gravitate i wanted to be a goth but it was too hot here yeah so yeah. i ended up being a metalhead yeah because uh yeah it was just 100 degrees outside in the summer wearing head to toe black it just yeah. didn't work out Ooh, that'd be rough so i just couldn't do it yeah um uh oh Tear them up. Nothing. Pop, pop, pop the <laughs> headphone jack out of my out of my phone. But yeah, um, but yeah, that that whole relationship thing, and and it all comes down just like in this movie. That one moment you're looking for that one moment of coolness, which can turn everything around, right? So, mm -hmm. and I guess that's another reason this movie stands out to me because I relate to it because I'm a guy, right? And I've lived through some of this these ideas. This shows you how warped my head is. Uh, <laughs> So the my other job that I had doing the shows at the at the schools, the Great Pretender shows, the reason that I loved that show so much because it would take kids like me that were in school, and give them a moment that that one moment where everybody looked at them and said, you know what, yeah, they're pretty cool because I remember there's a lot of kids that are not the jocks, or the well known or the or the wealthy, and this is their chance to get on stage and do something creative 
and have people stand out there and clap for them. And when they do a good job, it's like, wow, I didn't know you had this ability. And it changes their outlook of school the the rest of that time. And I've seen, a, a, a there was a kid that was so shy. He got up on stage, pantomimed the song, got backstage and passed out. That's how nervous he was of doing it. And I think like the next night, because they did two nights, a girl that was in the show asked him to prom. So there you go. Oh, wow. You know, so here's a guy that never even talked to girls. And now he's getting asked to prom by this girl that would have never even considered it. Till... Noticed them, maybe. Yeah. So that that hits me in the feels because that's... Of course. You know, you, you grew up with this kind of mentality of... I mean, that's the reason Revenge of the Nerds and all these movies always stood out because you relate to it. <laughs> yeah. And it, like Revenge of the Nerds gets gets kind of... These days, it's very in, in, uh, politically incorrect. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, it's right there in the name when it says revenge. Like, right. nobody ever said revenge was a nice thing. Right. Like, these guys got picked on their whole lives, and they finally decided to take revenge. Yep. And then, you know, here, here 40 years later, people are like, well, it's kind of mean-spirited. It's like, well... <laughs> you know? And that's that's what this movie is, just, just from more of a teenage kind of perspective. I mean, to me, weird science... And 1986 Trick or Treat is almost the same movie. <laughs> it's just Pretty one close. one yeah. goes go one goes funny, one goes not so funny. <laughs> you know. Right. Well, and you're talking about that that kind of defining moment of you know where where you become cool. You know, it's it's you always have that dream that kind of like you know little Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, where it's like I'm dumb, but right. now I've got yeah. all all of this historical knowledge. Um, I'm going to save you know, the world, kind of, dude. <laughs> yeah. So it's like all the, all these different, the, the, this, this kind of turning around moment. And you're like, Oh, you know, you're kind of gothy. I, for me, dude, my whole life, because, because again, my dad's relationship with music, music to me always right. meant something. Yeah. Like, like I, I cared about the words. I cared about the lyrics. Yep. Um, and then whenever a properly placed, you know, riff or a bridge or a drum fill was, was hit and it would give you goosebumps, you know? Yeah. So like me, music always meant more to me than I think it meant to a lot of other people around me. I feel like, oh, it's fun. Sure. And so like when whenever there was uh, songs or, or bands or whatever that had like I don't I don't really care too much about like party lyrics or just like kind of stupid yeah. but 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 when it was like maybe pretentious or almost like making fun of things lyrics so like I couldn't deal I like I didn't like that kind of stuff cuz to me it had to mean something and I was basically like oh you're making fun of me you know so <laughs> um but yeah dude so like you know, you say the cure, like the, <laughs> I love when Adam Sandler was like, oh, I was listening to the cure and it's like so dark. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Them. And, but, and, uh, if you go back and listen to, uh, Morrissey, uh, the Smiths, you know, I mean, <laughs> some I, of the, I love the Smiths. Bro. Some of the darkest love... lyrics ever. And it's like the happiest song on the planet. Well, that was a girlfriend in a coma. Cure. Yes, I know <laughs> yeah. it's serious. It's just like, what? That, that was what's, <laughs> So so crazy, like I said about because the Cure, most of the lyrics, I mean, on 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 their more poppy, like starting to get more famous albums, their lyrics were kind of bleak on those yeah. early albums. Yeah, they they got the but, pop the pop sense, so you kind of had to start watering it down. 
but you know by the time they were like it kiss me kiss me kiss me and on like even the head on the door or whatever it's it's all pretty much just songs about being in love you yep. know it's all pretty bright and kind of poppy with the dark uh overtone yeah <laughs> the smiths is just like <laughs> bleak but johnny marr was such a great pop you know, pop guitar player. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to listen to Morrissey by himself because he doesn't have that right. foil. Yeah. He doesn't have that 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 opposite um, pop sensibility. But yeah, for me, man, it was music. So I was like, that guy's cool. Like I I, was, I liked the way that uh, Rick Savage from Def Leppard looked. That long curly hair yep. and playing the bass. Never wanted to be a bass player. Just wanted yeah. to look like that dude. And then White Snake. Like that guy looks cool, <laughs> and then you saw Tony Catano on the car, and you're like, "That's the job for me." <laughs> that that right there. <laughs> oh oh yeah. yeah, man. But yeah, so, man. So uh, for me, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was, I was, I didn't mind being a dork so much, but yeah. I just, I wanted to be. So like, I chose my role. Like, I'm the, I'm the music guy, right? Or not even the music guy. I'm just the, the long haired weird weirdo. <laughs> yeah, well, what was weird for me is because we're talking about weird science, which I think is you know with with uh, Anthony Michael Hall, his role in this. He's basically been the nerd through all these other movies, building up to this. Now he's the nerd that finally gets to the other side, and then you get the Johnny B. Good movie that came out a little later on. That was that was the name of the movie, yeah. And I'm like, I couldn't buy it. You know, I, I couldn't buy him being the jock. I couldn't buy it in Edward Scissorhands either. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I was like, it just doesn't seem right. Yeah. So that was, that was <laughs> always mean, he hard. Was a, he was a jerk, but he wasn't. <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't believable yeah. as a jock. I can I can go back and watch it now and appreciate it more, but at that time, I was just like, yeah. As the same problem I had with Tom Cruise back in the day, I was like, is this guy just be able to do everything? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, it, it's funny how your mind just kind of thinks that way. It's like, yeah, I'm not interested <laughs> in that because he's supposed to be a nerd. <laughs> well, we can't we can't talk too much more about weird science. I without agree. The, the performance of a career. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's so he's. First of all, if you if you were never a fan of Bill Paxton, you're wrong, because <laughs> he was awesome in pretty much everything he was ever in. You're right. Um, even the even the slimy dude in True Lies was just like yep a, a perfect role for him, you know. But Chet, dude, <laughs> <laughs> the epitome, man. I mean, just uh you hate that guy. <laughs> you hate, dude. He's such a jerk. But then at the end, and that's one of those things whenever you start watching things, you know, as an adult instead of a teenager, when he comes home and yeah. the house is wrecked and he's just like, yeah. you can see like there's there's real concern in his face. He's like it's snowing in his room and there's a mess. He's just like, he's like, something is terribly wrong. He like, goes and kisses. like he's a jerk, but at the same time, he's still not like, like he's, you understand why he's oh, freaking sure. out yeah. because the house is destroyed and yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's he... snowing in my room <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, he's, and instead of like overreacting because of all the craziness he goes in and still beats them up <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know instead of saying i need to call i don't know fire department or something mm. <laughs> you know nope he's still gonna go in there and say 
why is it snowing in my room? You know, <laughs> there's a missile. Well, he's got the shotgun and he starts dinging, her, dinging him on the head and wakes him up. <laughs> and then the girlfriend wakes up and he bonks her on the head too. Just, just cause. <laughs> he's just perfect, man. Just absolutely perfect. And again, that that's just that craziness of that time period, man. You know, and just making it fun. Yeah. Awesome movie. <laughs> hey, what's up, dudes? <laughs> They're like, oh my god! <laughs> turns him into the frog. <laughs> you assume it's a frog because he flicks his tongue out and eats a bug. Yeah, yeah. You never can quite tell what yeah. what exactly that thing is. Yeah, and it looks like everybody through the whole movie makes it out in one piece, except for maybe the ch- the piano chick that gets blown yeah. up the, <laughs> the chimney through the chimney <laughs> with no clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> She could, she gets her piano stolen. She gets blown out the chimney with yeah. no clothes on and splashes in the lake. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't get pulled back through the chimney whenever everything goes back together. So. Oh, that's that's a very good point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, classic movie. So if you haven't seen Weird Science, do yourself a favor. You got to check it out. It, it's a slice of eighties Americana, man. And it is on right now. It's on HBO, cool. HBO Go. So if you've got HBO Go or HBO Max, it's on for free. Right. Cool. Well, let's take a break real quick, and I will uh, pencil in a, a little advertisement, and uh, I'll be right back. You know, it's not a bad idea. What? Making a girl. Actually making a girl. This is Wyatt and Gary. I give her one digits memory glance. Something's about to change their world. Something out of this world. She's alive! Alive! What would you little maniacs like to do first? It's all in the name of science. Weird science. If you want to be a party animal, you have to learn to live in the jungle. Not us. Not here. No way. She is turning their lives. Trust me for once, will you? What is going on? Gary, I don't know. I don't know Their minds. <laughs> and their house. Upside down. It's seriously affecting your sex life. <laughs> it's completely unnatural. Do you realize it's snowing in my room? Totally unbelievable. Definitely weird. Hi, dudes. They went from zeros to heroes in one fantastic weekend. I'm so good. Universal Pictures presents a John Hughes film, Weird Science. It's purely sexual. And we're back. Yeah. I gotta, gotta keep remember. I liked I liked having the, the the movie trailers and the sound effects in there, but Heck I, yeah. we keep forgetting to put them in there because we just enjoy talking <laughs> so much. So, gotta make a point of whenever I come to a stopping point, I'm like, okay, let me write this down and let's get it happening. <laughs> but the next movie we're gonna talk about. Do you want to introduce this one? Oh yeah, man. I mean, to, <laughs> to this, me, this... this is if if anything edges out weird science, it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off, man. Uh, who? Mm. I mean, you go from identifying with the nerds in weird science, but everybody wanted to be Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the the coolest guy. Yeah. The, 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 the cool guy. But he's not pretentious in any way. He's just himself. Yeah. And uh, 
you know. <laughs> he really is. He he really is um, just kind of skating by in life, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skip school nine times. <laughs> <laughs> nine times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's that thing of, like you said, he's he's kind of everything rolled up into one. He's he's not arrogant. He's not the the super nerdy. He, he's a little bit. Everybody identifies with him, and that was always the key for me in in school. I mean, I, I felt like I was kind of accepted by everybody. I was just kind of in the middle there. I was a little bit of all those things together. I wasn't near as cool as Ferris Bueller, but I thought that <laughs> I was kind of looked at by the by the nerds and the preps and everybody is like yeah you know he, he's he's pretty cool you know and that's that's all i could ask for and, and ferris bueller was like the hero of that it's like man uh-huh. this guy takes it to the nth degree where you know when they're even taking up you know funds for him to, <laughs> for this fake the... operation or whatever they said he was going to have and you know Painted on the water tower, you know, save Ferris, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's well, just that was, awesome. uh, well, and you said when he's the hero of everybody, it, it, uh, you know, not to jump, skip too far ahead, but whenever, uh, Jeannie's at the jail and, uh, <laughs> she's, she's complaining about, you know, how all this stuff, and he's like, He's like, you know, I got somebody you need to talk to. She's like, you say Ferris. <laughs> He's like, oh, you oh, know, you know him. him, huh? <laughs> What's funny is that scene right there is my wife's favorite part of the whole movie because when they when she says her name and they go Shauna in the background, she loves that part, man. What's your name, Shauna? Shauna. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this movie moves just as fast. And is just as crazy as Weird Science, but it's got a little more pizzazz to it, right? It's well, it's it's a little more realistic. I mean, it's it's unrealistic, but yeah. it's all happens in the real world. There's no there's no Franken chicks and, and, and nuclear bombs <laughs> in it. Um, but but yeah, you know, you got so, me so a Sarah princess, though. You got me a Sarah. Yeah, and you, you got Cameron. Yeah. Who didn't want a friend like Cameron, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like it starts off, and you're just like. You know, it's it's kind of unassuming. He's just, hey, why why would we want to spend a, a day like this in school? <laughs> so he just, you know, he's got his buddy that's a hypochondriac that you know comes <laughs> over and like doesn't want to participate, but isn't gonna say no because there's always gonna be an adventure or something somewhere. And then they have to break the girlfriend out of school because he's got this perfect day that he just thinks we're gonna have all this fun, but you know. You don't really have it planned out. It's just going to happen because life is good, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, we've all had those days where you don't plan something and you just wing it. And you're like, this was one of the coolest days ever. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, and two, you know, and then he explains how to how to fake sick. So he talks about like licking, <laughs> licking the, the palms, palms. and yeah. like, you know, do, doing all the stuff. So he's got it. He's got it down to a science, you know, so he can, <laughs> he can uh, fool his parents. So he's got a plan, you know, he's ready to. To, to not go to school. And then I love how like he's playing around in his backyard and like, you know, having having uh orange juice and lemonade and stuff and just <laughs> enjoying his morning. And then like they, they cut scenes to school and like all the kids are just bored out of their mind. Uh, ben you know, Stein's your like teacher, why would you not? <laughs> 
the, the one girl's like like spinning her gum and like the one dude's falling asleep and it's just like and then it cuts back and it's like got the I dream of genie music and he's just kind of dancing around. <laughs> like, my my buddy of mine I told you a couple of weeks ago. So you know, growing up, I had Jason Jordan and Jason Yeager. Yeah. I so when I was in high school, um, my friend Jason Jordan he had a pool and we'd hang out at his pool all the time. But I had a job. And so when I was a senior in high school, I worked at Radio Shack and it was an all right job, but man, there were some summer days when it just was abysmal. Like yeah. those hours could not move any quicker. And there's nothing worse when you're in a retail job, when you're standing there, like riding the clock, yeah. when, when some people come in, like buying batteries for a radio or buying a radio or a toy of some sort, and they smell like suntan lotion because they're going to go back <laughs> out to the pool and you're just like, <laughs> shoot gotta me now. Another, <laughs> I got to be here for another six hours. My, my friend, who's we just used to prank each other all the time, but he used to call the store. Like, you know, boss would answer the phone, you know, Radio Shack. Thanks. That's for you. Pick up. It's like, hey, what's going on, man? This is Jason from the offices of you're working and I'm not. And you hear him splash. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you suck. <laughs> God, why would you do that to me, man? <laughs> so, yeah, I know that feeling of just being like, I'm free. I'm not at work. It's so awesome. I'm not at school. Oh, man. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> Ferris is tech savvy, you know, for the time. So you got to appreciate that, uh, you know, the fact that he he knows his plan so well, like when he calls into the school, he's not even sweating it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I need to talk to the principal and, and uh, thank you, you know, it's just like... You know, <laughs> uh, it's just waiting on hold and everything. Yeah. Well, and like, that's what's funny too, is because Rooney knows, like yeah. from the very beginning, he's like, this is, nope. Right. Like he's got two arch enemies. He's got his own sister and he's got the principal who knows he's up to no good. But everybody <laughs> else believes him. Everybody like they're fundraising because like, oh, if Ferris is sick, then, you know, but he planned it out before because he passed out at 31 flavors to make it. To, like, <laughs> to make, so yeah. everybody so he had witnesses, you know, <laughs> he's he thought it through, you know. <laughs> so even though he's it looks this. like he's winging it, I mean, he's, you know, he's making it happen for himself. <laughs> oh, what's funny is I actually do have an Abe Froman t-shirt. <laughs> the sausage, the sausage king. king of Chicago. <laughs> and what's amazing is when I wear it, I mean, there's people that go, why do I know that name? And I'll say Ferris Bueller. <laughs> go, oh, yeah, Ferris Bueller. So there's just, again, with with the John Hughes thing is is those scenes, right, that just stay in your head. I mean, you got to talk about him breaking the fourth wall, right? Talking to the audience. Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, come on. Deadpool directly ripped it off. I mean, they even made a parody about it, right? That's when how iconic the, uh, it is. Whenever he takes the... When he's in the shower. Yeah. And he put... He, like, covers Sprays his own down. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic, man. And, uh, of course, that all goes back to Dobie Gillis. I mean, a lot of our age group, very few of us got to see some Dobie Gillis, but he was the one that started that kind of whole talking to the, the camera kind of thing. But, yeah, that's a that's a Ferris Bueller trait, 100%. And 
I don't know, man. It, it's almost like, <laughs> pardon, hey. Pardon my French. <laughs> yeah. It's like his camera doesn't want to come over and he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cameron getting in the car going, this is stupid. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll <laughs> go. And he gets out of his car and jumps around and kicks the car, you know, and he gets back in the car. <laughs> He's like, he'll keep calling me, he'll keep calling me. Because he knows there's no way. He'll keep man. calling me. There's just going to keep. <laughs> and I don't care what movie I see him in. I don't care how old he is. He's Cameron. Oh, of course. That was a, <laughs> that was a defining role. Like, so so good. He was on that one sitcom where he played, like, a, a mayor's assistant or it's something. Spin City. Like pretty, yeah. <laughs> like, it's Cameron. Yeah, it's Cameron. He's just grown up Cameron, yeah. but it's still Cameron. He's yeah. got gray hair, but he's still Cameron. Don't know his real name. <laughs> don't care. He's Cameron. <laughs> yep. Oh. And then, and then, oh, uh, Mr. Rooney, his uh, secretary, is uh, <laughs> she keeps losing pencils in her hair. Oh, and that man. was another thing that Hughes is good at is those little sight gags that right. just they don't they don't they're not plot advancing, but they just kind of build a character a little bit. Um, Edie McClure, was, yeah, and she was one of those who was in a lot of movies at that oh, time yeah. too. Yeah, well, she came and, from uh, the the Pee Wee camp. I mean, she was in the original Pee Wee Herman show that came out. And, uh, yeah, so she's, she's from that group and man, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't think of this movie and not think of her Yeah, at, at some point. I, I mean, love, I... when she answers the phone, she's like trying to do a deep voice. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it whenever she's like, uh, it, it was such a small role really. Well, it wasn't a small role, but Jeannie, like his sister, who's like really yeah. a, a, a a good like otherwise he's got no enemies like yeah. Rooney's on his case but Jeannie is out to get him right you know but whenever she walks in on the principles and she's like oh hey hey Jeannie well who's bothering you now so they're not like that exact <laughs> like you know like it's not just Ferris that gets on her nerves she doesn't like anybody right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah and of course then this movie introduced us to Ben Stein oh yeah you know and anytime Anyone doesn't answer roll call, whether it's at a restaurant or in a work conference. There's, you know, it's like, hey, uh, did, 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 you know, did Rick Morgan show up? Has anybody seen Rick? Somebody would be like, Bueller? 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 <laughs> because for that very reason. <laughs> yeah. And you got to love the guys that are the parking attendants, right? The valet guys. They get mm-hmm. in the car and take off in it. I can't tell yeah, you, man, got- the, the, the absolute joy I had in the theater seeing this for the first time when they jump and it's in slow-mo and they're playing <laughs> and the Star faces. Wars they're playing the Star Wars music and they're just smiling, <laughs> big puppy dog smiles. <laughs> oh man. Just perfection. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because they had just spent like ten minutes discussing how how big of a deal this car is, right? You know, like like I broke my retainer that one time. You remember how pissed off he got? You know, this is a Ferrari. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just fantastic. And and again, all your support group, everybody that's in here is just on top of the game. I I love the scene where somebody sends the the candy gram or whatever to to the to ferris's house and yeah, the, jenny opens the door and yeah the, like, the nurse you were feeling ill <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like standing there with her like... <laughs> yeah she you know she's just mad as she could be man <laughs> 
slams the door before she can get that final line out. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just fantastic. And I mean, you know, the whole scene with the, the parade and him just jumping up and doing all that. I mean, it's all part of the, the escapades, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's more of the things you can relate to that just make it fun. I, I love the fact of it takes you places, right? Mm-hmm. Weird science, you're you're in two or three locations and that's pretty much the whole movie. Whereas here, every 10 minutes, you're in a different spot. You're either at the art gallery or the ball game or, you know, they're just mm-hmm. jumping around everywhere. And I just think that made it work so well. And, uh, you know, the whole scene with the car, right? Because of the, you know, my dad will kill me over the car and all the miles on it. And he's trying to run it off backwards. He needed, uh, he needed Kurt Russell from used cars. So he could have fixed it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Get in there. Well, I was just thinking of like the different, like the, the almost getting caught. Like when he runs yeah. into his dad at the restaurant yeah, and at the car. And so like, they're all sitting there yeah. together. And then the dad looks, looks yeah. back over and it's just her and she's making kissy faces. Yeah. He's <laughs> just like, <laughs> he's, like they go out to get the cab, and then the dad comes out, so they all run, and then the dad turns around, and they all hop in, and yeah. they like drive away. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's all that by the skin of your teeth kind of thing, right? So close to getting caught, but never do right. Always ends up on the right side, and you know everybody wants to be the lucky guy. <laughs> Dude, that that scene where Mister Rooney walks in on the uh, video game player. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what he's talking about because he is uh he's been chasing Ferris the whole time. Right. But if you take that speech out of context, oh, yeah. he tells that that girl Absolutely. that is <laughs> probably cuz she's not at school, so it's probably maybe a recent graduate or goes to a different <laughs> school or whatever, but he walks up and tells her all this like I've been I've been looking for you and your ass is mine and like grabs her. <laughs> she's like <laughs> Brilliant, man. Just brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, John Hughes just just nailed it with this one. And it will forever be my favorite John Hughes film. And and there's so many that I love. But this one just takes it for me, man. And uh, there will never be a time when I wouldn't sit down and want to watch it. Yeah, that's that's one of those. It's been on here and there. And uh, we're trying. I mean, I'm, I'm in that strange phase of children and bad words and things yeah. that scare them and sure. you know their their ability to be interested in things and stuff like that so like is this something that's going to entertain my kid or is it something that she's going to con- get confused and bored and just like be bugging us while we're trying to watch it but um there's a whole big list of stuff that's you know yeah coming soon yeah yeah, you you so. you test the waters, right? And and you just keep building upon it. So, yeah, these these stand the test of time, man. I mean, they're they're a time capsule. Um, you kind of want your kids to see these and say, "Yeah, this is this was the big thing, right?" You know. So yeah, for sure. Well, and that's like I said, you know, because with. Uh with Hughes movies coming out two or three, sometimes four in a year. Yeah. And some, some of them are so, they're just, they're icons of Americana. Yeah. Cause we didn't mention at the beginning and, but we'll, you know, because again, we, we're, we're almost done with this episode and we are only talking about two <laughs> and probably could keep on going for a while. Yeah. But you know, the, the, um, 
the vacation Europe, European vacation and Christmas vacation. Oh yeah, like that series. Yeah, written and directed yeah. John Hughes. Absolutely. Like, though, and all three of those movies are perfect. Yep. Like I was, I was and I loved European Vacation a whole lot for a whole lot of good reasons. <laughs> 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 but, but you know, we mentioned Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. Like all three of those are just you know, but. Again, when you when you start pulling out your favorites and you're like, okay, so what are the ones that, you know, the the, the best one liners, the ones that yeah. I just keep going back to when you mentioned like, oh, hey, we need to talk about John Hughes. It's like, all right, well, I know we got to talk about weird science for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for, for sure, because to me that is like the defining. Yep. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, there's really no comparison to ferris bueller ferris bueller itself is pretty pretty it's, spot on perfect like yeah. there's no there it's 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 fun all the way through yeah and uh yeah i yeah spent a lot of time both, wish, both wishing of, i could be ferris sure. <laughs> they're both fantastic and again you talk about just the spectrum of these movies i mean you're not even getting to planes trains automobiles Uncle Buck. Well, all the I John mean, Candy stuff. Yeah, I mean, God, I mean, yeah, John Hughes, come on. You, you probably don't realize how many movies he did make unless you're just a big John Hughes fan. But mm-hmm. if you just look up and you're like, holy crap, this guy did all these? Yeah, he pretty much did your 80s childhood. The 80s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, fantastic, and, man. And he did, he did a whole bunch of ghostwriting, too. Yeah. He did a whole he did a whole bunch of movies that were uncredited for one you know for one reason or another, like he wrote this movie but he didn't he yeah. he, he, he went under a pen name or he whatever. Didn't, he didn't have time to finish that when he was doing three at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so you know, pretty pretty awesome guy. Yeah, but um, but man, we are like kind of right up against the end. So yeah. do you have any final thoughts other than go see these movies? Uh, watch these movies, yep. enjoy them because they're they are awesome. Yep, they're iconic. So yeah. let us let us know if if you're fans of these two particular movies, or hey, what's your what's your favorite of of John Hughes's films? I mean, what's the ones that just are your go to? Because that's what these movies are. They're go to movies. Mm-hmm. There there's never these movies, and they're not in somebody's top ten of some sort. They're always in them. So what's what's your favorites that are out there and and uh, that'd be that'd be curious. I'm curious to see what that ends up being. I I would too. Well, I mean everybody's got a different thing because I was gonna say like I think a lot of people would probably put uh, Breakfast Club up sure. there in the top top couple because yep. Breakfast Club two and that could be a whole show just because that's a whole one liner yep. sort of movie. Um, you know, one of my favorite favorite lines from that entire movie is, you know, screws fall out. <laughs> the world's an imperfect place. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's actually kind of deep, but you know, yeah. like it was for them, they just wanted that door shut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, there's so many things you can take away from any of them. Uh, like long duck dong. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure we'll, we'll get into all that and, you know, we get to see a, a young John Cusack grow out of all this too so uh, yeah I think it'd be fun to revisit the Hughes films and just pick a couple at a time and keep chugging along at this because these are these are fun iconic films so yeah like I said let us know what's the ones that made the impact on you your go to John Hughes films 
I think that'd be a, a lot of fun to to get some feedback on. I agree. Well, cool. Hit us up on Facebook at You Know What's Awesome. And then use the same You Know What's Awesome tag to find us on all the other things. Yep. Twitter, Instagram, we're, YouTube. We're there. We're, we're, we're probably most active on Facebook because that's where we were, we were talking to the people who were talking to us. Yeah. So come and join in the conversation. And, you know, if you got a show suggestion, let us know. Yeah. Everybody's and welcome. We, so. Cool. Until next time, man, keep it awesome.